meditation is an enormous aspect of learning to kind of do that on purpose and that sense of intensity because you can get to those feeling states certainly with physical exercise, but you can also do it with mindfulness and meditation. And it's why it's so critical as a component for someone with ADHD long-term. ADHD Rewired, episode 211. This is the show designed for those of us with really good intentions, but a slightly wandering attention. My name is Eric Tivers. I'm a licensed clinical social worker, coach, and speaker. The website is ADHDrewired.com. We know that starting is the hardest part, so let's get started. But first, let me tell you about this. I want to congratulate all the members of ADHD Rewired's 11th season of coaching and accountability groups. Every Monday in group, we ask members to identify what the one thing they want to make sure they get done by Friday is. And then on Friday, we check in with everyone to see how they did. And during our last Friday session, every member shared what they learned. They reflected on their growth. And what I want to share with you is one of those members. This is Caitlin. My one thing was to clean out my car, which did not happen. But I will say, because I had a lot of changes in my schedule this week that were out of my control. So, so it's moved. It's not just gone away. I've just like moved it to today. This is new. This is, I, I cleaned out my car like big time at like the very beginning of these 10 weeks. But this is just like a, I want to make sure it stays that way. So I'm going to very quickly clean it up and get the trash out and stuff. My aha moment for this week actually happened on Sunday. The two weeks before this week, I kind of fell off the wagon a little bit. I had gotten sick and I was starting to get kind of in despair. Like, how am I going to, you know, this is what always happens. I always get behind. How am I going to get out of it? And then I just had a moment where I was like, I, I know what to do. Like, I have these skills now that I can pull from to like get me out of this. And so I just like planned my week Sunday night and I was like, I feel so much better. And the next day you said something in group about that. And I was like, I realized that before Eric said it to me, that's awesome. I'm gonna be okay. And just my gratitude is just for this group because how much it's helped me. This group can help you too. If you would like to join our wait list for our spring season, you could schedule a call with me at my website. Go to coachingrewired.com. Spring sessions begin April 9th. And it's not too late to start thinking about summer sessions. Our summer season begins July 9th. To learn more, go to coachingrewired.com. And don't forget to sign up for our email newsletter so you can get updates. The website again is coachingrewired.com. Com. Hey everyone, ADHD Rewired is hiring. I am looking for a skilled community and communications manager to help with administrative duties around the Facebook community, Patreon, the coaching groups, and our alumni membership community. I'm looking for someone with strong tech skills, who has experience in community management, social media management, and who is detail-oriented. I'm looking for someone who is able to work on location in Glenview, Illinois, which is about 25 miles north of Chicago. This is a 20 to 30 hour a week position. If you are interested, please send a cover letter, a resume, 
and a two-minute video telling me why you were interested in this job. You can send your resume, cover letter, and video to eric at erictivers.com. That's Eric with a C. Last name is T-I-V-E-R-S. And use the subject line, hire me. And if you have any uh, friends that you think would be good for this position and live in the Chicago area, put them in contact with me. Thanks. Welcome back to another episode of ADHD Rewired. Today's guest is returning to the pod is James Ochoa. James is a licensed professional counselor, author of Focus Forward, Navigating the Storms of Adult ADHD. He's the founder and director of the Life Empowerment Center in Austin, Texas. James offers action-focused counseling and executive coaching to help his clients discover ways to empower themselves in areas of their lives. His passion is treating the emotional distress of ADHD so clients can begin to build internal worlds in their imagination to manage their attention challenges. For the past 27 years, his passion has been to transform how society understands and treats the diagnosis of ADHD. By standing in the fire with his clients, he has helped them find ways to live powerfully in the midst of their storms while continuing to manage his own ADHD. And joining James is his son, we have, which I'm pulling up the bio right now, it's just, uh, as full disclosure, I have not actually read this yet, so here we go for the first time. <laughs> uh, see, this is Jules Cho. Okay, uh, scrolling down to the next paragraph. Jules is 22 years old and was born and raised in Austin, Texas, then lived in Massachusetts for three years while completing his undergraduate degree in biology. He is currently pursuing a master's degree in psychology with the intention of working with mental illnesses such as schizophrenia, bipolar, and dissociative identity disorder. So ADHD was just too boring for you, huh? Uh, he is self-taught. <laughs> he is self-taught in the world of podcasting and audio engineering, but has come to realize it is one of his biggest passions. He is the son of ADHD specialist James Ochoa and is the producer and co-writer of the new podcast series, The Complex. How to do? Excellent. Excellent. All right. So what what we're going to do on today's show is a little bit different than we have done before. So you you guys have created this podcast that is... uh, not like an interview kind of show at all. It's you guys wrote out a whole narrative uh, and created yeah. this character. So why, why don't you set it up for us? Yeah, go ahead, Jules. I'll yeah. Jules talk um, about so it's a narrative fiction podcast um, based around the idea that I am an apartment manager um, in Austin, Texas. I have this new kind of eco-friendly, green-built co-housing <laughs> system. It's like all the buzzwords. And it's full of people with ADHD. That is 100% of my tenants. Um, and so I'm obviously going crazy not having ADHD myself. And I seek out some help. And so what you hear in the episodes is me going to James, not as his son, um, for like some counseling sessions. And you're listening in on these counseling sessions and whenever I start describing a certain situation that happened in the complex, then uh, you hear it flash back to that situation and you hear it played out by 
uh, voice actors and and sound effects and all that kind of stuff. So what was the the personal sort of dynamic of working with with your dad uh, on this? Let's just start with the biggest question first. <laughs> Go for it, Eric. Go ahead, Jules. You know, I mean, it was actually a lot of fun. Um, it, it was really a lot of fun, and there there really wasn't much turmoil as as you might expect. Um, there, I did not pay him to say that. Yeah. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we really had, from the beginning, we had our designated roles in the project. And so there wasn't any kind of stepping on toes or anything like that. It was really just kind of, he came to me and he was like, yeah, do this thing. Now run, like, you know, do it. Like, I am here to consult and be a resource for you, but this is your thing to, to build and do. Um, and so I worked with his, his writing director, I mean, his writing editor and coach, um, Robin Chop, uh, Schatznoff. She, you know, is, she's ADHD herself. And so she is just a fire hose of creativity. Um, and that was a ton of fun to work with. And so we would write up these episodes and then run it by James and tweak it and change it to be, um, you know, what he kind of felt it should be. Okay. So what we're going to do, uh, uh, for, for this episode, because I want, I want people to really hear what these episodes are like. So you, yeah, right. so you guys have you created uh, six uh, specific episodes, and then in between each release of the episode, you guys have a a sort of you guys talk about the, the specifics of the episode, right? Right. Yeah, we're, and so those those are called afterthoughts. They're released on the the, uh, the the other week between them, and that's why I talk about strategies, Eric, and what's going on in the episode, and what kind of ADD dynamics were happening. Uh, and we'll be playing little clips during those afterthoughts to kind of talk about them to keep that reference going. Uh, yeah, I really built this as an educational space, fun space to uh, have fun with the diagnosis of ADHD, but also really learn something. I just, you know, we, we, we don't laugh enough about this. We, we probably cry more than we need to. <laughs> uh, and being that I've, I've stood in front of the distress for way too many years, sometimes I think uh, at least tragic laughter is better than no, nothing at all. Um, <laughs> So anyway, I enjoy the humor and the laughter, and it turned out in ways I could have never predicted. But yeah, I think it'll be a lot of fun. So the the uh, episode that we are work, so we're going to do something that I'm sort of stealing from the the uh, um, there's a political podcast that I really like uh, by Crooked Media. They have a whole different they have a whole series of podcasts, uh, and one of them I think it's the one that's uh, Love It or Leave It, where they will uh, play a, a clip from something that was in the news, and they're the uh, the panelists they have on. Uh, as they're watching it and the live audience will say, okay, stop. And that, okay, stop. They pause the clip, they talk about it, and then we resume the clip. So I thought we could borrow that idea and yeah. do that with one of your episodes. That sounds great. Well, this will be a lot of fun for us with ADHD. It'll be, <laughs> it'll be unbridled it'll be impulsivity. Stopping Eric. every 30 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> that, that might be the case. So it's which is going to be challenging because I know that we are on a little bit of a time uh, constraint here. We're trying to squeeze an hour and a half into 50 minutes, basically. Um, so let's, let's go ahead and get started with that. Let me see if I can cue this up. Uh, it worked when we tested it. Let's see if it'll work again. Great. Okay. So this, what, what we're going to hear is, uh, uh, from I think the episode two, um, and one of the characters, um, well, do, do we need any setup for this? Not really. Uh, just know that these characters are 
characters in the complex. Yeah, um, and, and we and we can stop it to explain some things about yeah. characters as necessary. I yeah, think it'll be it'll be self-explanatory in its fun way. There's not sure. a ton of context that's <laughs> needed from the first episode. Okay. Other than these are fictional characters, but based on the the reality of ADHD. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. All right. Let's let's do this. Last time on the complex. Jules! Jules, come on, open up! Jessica, what are you doing? Oh, thank God you're here. Here, take these keys. No, not those ones. These ones. And you'll be here all day, right? Well, I... Good. So sometime between two and four, or maybe one, give the keys to a girl. But I've got to go. Bye. Wait, Jessica, any girl? No, my daughter. Bye. She has a daughter? The Complex is sponsored by Focus Forward, Navigating the Storms of Adult ADHD by James Ochoa. Learn about the emotional distress syndrome and how to successfully navigate the ups and downs of the ADHD life. Get Focus Forward in audio, print, or ebook format at Amazon or jamesochoa.com. Hey everyone, I'm Jules Anthony. Welcome to The Complex a narrative fiction podcast on life with ADHD. If this is your first episode, I highly recommend you go back and listen consecutively from episode one. It's got a lot of context that will help you understand. Okay, stop. So we're doing this from episode two. I mean, it's our, yeah. we're already not following the rules here, um, but I think it will still be okay. It'll still be okay, yeah. Well, yeah, and it will be okay in that the, the dynamics of ADHD that you also just heard in the clip from the very first episode where right where someone is just pressured in their speech they don't slow down to, to say what they need to say they're running out the door and clearly jules in that case is totally confused and so the dynamics of adhd are all over the place no matter where you play them yeah and the only thing you might need to know about the first episode is that it's just like an introduction to most of the characters and right this was that clip you just heard of jessica uh, was her introduction in the first episode, so it's right. pretty self-explanatory for this one. Right. All right. Let's let's keep let's listening. It's got a lot of context right. that will help you understand what's happening. Now, before we get started, ADHD is real, but the characters and personalities in this story are fictional. As much as it might seem like it, these characters really are fake. All right. Well, with that said, I hope you enjoy this episode of. The complex. Well, Jessica's daughter Jade showed up. Oh, this should be interesting. Hello, I'm looking for Jules, I think. Yeah, that's me. My mom said you'd let me into her place. Oh, uh, you're Jessica's daughter. Yeah, where's the elevator? Oh, no, no, no. We use as little energy as possible around here. I actually read that the most sustainable building design is a five-story walk-up. Uh-huh. Well, what floor is my mom on? I have a lot of bags. Oh, she's on the fifth. She got the penthouse, the nicest apartment in the place. Oh, really? Well, I didn't expect her to move into some apartment, and I kind of don't care how nice it is. Now, I guess I have to climb Mount Everest. Oh, no, I can give you a hand with that. Don't worry. Let me show you the apartment first, and then we can bring up your bags. That was nice of you to help Jade move all our stuff. Yeah, well... I didn't anticipate how much there was. She was just coming home for Thanksgiving, but you wouldn't believe how much she packed. 
Okay, stop. So it yeah. totally reminded me of, of when I was in college and my mom would say, <laughs> did, you, did you bring home every single article of clothing you own? <laughs> well, and you're getting and you're getting some foreshadows to her saying, I didn't even know my mom moved. What happened here? What do you mean you don't have an elevator? <laughs> right. You know, it's like you start going, uh oh, you see the storm coming already. Well, on the see, ADHD what's what's beautiful about Jessica and Jade are that they're both ADHD and it's mother and daughter. And so you get misevaluations on both sides to where, you know, Jade's bringing home all of her clothes. Jessica didn't tell Jade that she moved. Like it's this whole thing. (laughs) And a funny, funny backstory on the production piece. Jessica and Jade as characters were actually mother and daughter in real life. Oh, that's funny. And so Jade was actually about college age. Uh, with her and her mother coming in, so it was a great synergy to come back on the on, on the back on the back side of the production. It was a lot of fun. All right, so let's uh, let's let's continue here. Great. Here it is. Nice view, huh? Uh, where's all our furniture? Did you know we used to live in a house? Like, where am I supposed to sleep? And where are we supposed to have Thanksgiving? The futon. I think Jessica has a little minimalist thing going on. Yeah, unless it comes to spending money on herself. Look at all these shoes. Well, I don't... And she complains at me about the tuition bill. Where do you say you went to school? Berkeley. The one in California? As opposed to what? Um, the one in Boston? There's one in Boston? (laughs) Huh. Well, why don't you start getting my stuff? I'll be down in a second. I've always kind of liked Jessica, but... Her daughter, she's more than bratty. She expected me to lug all of these incredibly heavy duffel bags one at a time, and of course, she didn't actually help me. Sounds about right for her age. Okay, stop. So, <laughs> so uh, a couple things. Um, what What is leading up to the, the next part of this, when I first listened to it, it it kind of struck the shame triggers in, in, in me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and so I think the, the, and I think when you guys were on uh, uh, Nikki and Pete's podcast, uh, the Take Control podcast, you guys were talking about the value of this podcast also for people without ADHD. Yeah. Um, and, and so you can definitely, I think, hear some of the influences of that. Um, mm. So uh, just as sort of a, a uh, I guess, a warning to listeners, like if you feel like that uncomfortable feeling here in a moment, like yeah. you're not alone. Right. Well, you're not. And it's it, it was a really fine balance in the production effort, Eric, to uh, to triggers. Yeah, it triggers that emotion. There's no way a, away from it. Uh, but then we're trying to balance it with good information, but also with a little bit of laughter. But yes, when you hear. Uh, a Jade just not even evaluating uh, or appreciating, you know, Jules bringing her things up or, you know, just, just this constant kind of barrage of verbal, hyperverbal coming uh-huh. at him. It's just like, yeah, the social skills aspect of ADHD. Yeah. Kind of, that that also crazy. struck me that there was, yeah. that there was like no filter. Like this, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they <play> well. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's continue here. Ugh, Jesus. Jade, could you hold the door? Have you it's, seen my phone? How should I know what your phone looks like? It's got brass accents and like a green... Oh, where is it? Okay. All right, uh, what's your number? I can call it for you. So, I call her phone. And guess what? It's in her pocket. 
She's almost pathetically grateful to me, then tells me she was diagnosed with ADHD when she was like in kindergarten. And with all the money her mom spent on counseling, you'd think she would uh, have learned to keep track okay, of Okay, stop. Her. Right there. Yeah, <laughs> stop it. Oh my <laughs> <God>. <laughs> it, felt, it felt just as bad the second time hearing it too. <laughs> but I think that that is how it feels when, uh, when, we, when we interact with people in our lives who don't understand it and who don't yeah. get it, yeah. right? It's that, that cloud of, of judgment of, of, you know, the, you know, you would think she would have figured this whole ADHD thing out now that, you know, so, yeah. I mean, it was, and I think it's a, re, a real, it really captures a lot of um, people's experiences with, with ADHD. Yeah. And I think it's important to kind of, highlight it in the episodes as much as it might be tumultuous. Part of the point of this podcast is to take the people who don't understand it and relate to them and then bring them into this world and say, okay, this is what it actually is so that they can better relate in the future and so that they can better support the people with ADHD around them in the future. And I think the best way to do that is to relate to them in in a way that you know they would normally react to a situation like this and then kind of bring them along the ride for the rest of the time. Well, and I think it's that's a really important point on the, the recognition and then kind of bringing them along as we're going. It's very interesting because in my own family dynamic, right? I have ADHD as an adult. My oldest son does. Jules does not. Yeah, and go. So Jules was playing a part that's real for him in family systems, uh, and there are real aspects of this that he's like, I don't get this. You know, I don't understand why this is happening. Yeah. Uh, and and so there's some the degree of authenticities that went around swirling through this. Eric is just, uh, and yeah, the social aspect of like, oh my god, my phone was in my back pocket or my glasses were on my head and. You know, but and I was sort of, having a panic attack. And sort of that obliviousness to the sort of the emotional um, sort of intensity yep. that, she, that she was expressing. Yeah. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. And the simple missing recognition of something really simple. Um, and the other last piece I will say here about that clip is that, you know, you and I both talk about this really pragmatic way of dealing with attention issues and personalizing strategies and really educating people about what it is. And still, very unfortunately to me, there's not enough of that done. It just gives people the understanding of the reality of it and then comforts and begins to work with it versus processing it, trying to analyze it too much. And it just and so, yeah, I I had someone in my office this week um, who's been uh, uh, diagnosed since they were seven years old. He's 22 and just having a horrible time because no one ever really personally worked with him on the condition itself. And he's ready now, but it's a very common issue as I'm sure you see too in your coaching yeah. programs. Yeah. All right. Let's I uh, backed it up a few seconds and then let's, uh, let's keep listening. PhD when she was like in kindergarten and with all the money her mom spent on counseling, you'd think she would have learned to keep track of her phone. It was disorienting. One minute, she's ordering me around like I'm a servant, and the next, she's having this crisis of confidence and seems to really need me. Well, that doesn't surprise me. That all sounds ADHD to me. Mom, why is there no sleepy tea? You know I need my sleepy tea. Well, honey, you just got here, and I... Okay, this is double bag number five. Oh, hi, Jules. Wait, did you bring up all these bags? 
Jay, don't tell me you made my landlord carry up all your stuff. Well, he offered. It's not a big deal. I need my exercise today anyways. Well, you shouldn't have had to do that. Honey, what's in all those bags? <laughs> Did they let you bring that many on the plane? If there's no sleepy tea, is there at least wakey tea? Mommy. So, okay, stop. I'm just. So I was curious <laughs> as to, in, uh, from the writing perspective, why you chose to have her uh, kind of go to this like much younger, you know, the oh, mommy, like saying that in front yeah. of somebody else, too, right? So talk, yeah. talk about that. Um, well, you know, we wanted to kind of illustrate. It was mostly that like we wanted to illustrate her being home, and this isn't really a product of ADHD. We just wanted her to to be home and be relaxed and be kind of letting everything go. Um, and, you know, that we felt like just through audio, we could illustrate that the most by having her go into this, like, almost child-esque state mm-hmm. um, and wanting to be pampered and taken care of and that kind of thing. Um, so it's not necessarily, we weren't necessarily trying to allude to something with ADHD there. Um, it was more of just like having, I mean, I guess it could contribute, but I think it does contribute in that when you get this emotional regression very quickly on an, on an ADHD spectrum, right? A lot Mm -hmm. of time with the underactivity of the neurology and the prefrontal cortex, you get these regressive kind of acts where it looks adolescent or it looks childhood childish very quickly. And so that kind of regression piece, I think actually speaks to a nature of attention issues where particularly in the adult spectrum, right. Or with spouses, they're like, I feel like I have a third child in the house. And it's a, it's a horrible thing to feel for someone who has it as myself, but that emotional regression, which is this uh, slide of an, in the underactivity of the brain, I think is where it comes from. Mm-hmm. So I think it actually, it speaks to that, that issue, Eric. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's, uh, let's keep listening. Good. Standing there, watching this whole thing unfold. Jade never did say what was in all those bags, but they both seemed to forget all about it. There had been all this tension, and then it just evaporated. The next thing okay, I knew... Stop. They... Stop. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I know that that was only like 10 seconds, but this is something that I have experienced constantly. Um, and I think it's something that is kind of the most confusing part of ADHD for somebody that doesn't have ADHD is that like you can just jump between different tasks and orientations and and uh even even when you just had this kind of crisis moment and then it's like ah whatever moving on you know going to the next thing um and i'm stuck like in this space of like wait th- no that like <laughs> we need to resolve this like it Let's talk, and then it, yeah, oh my god! And so, and, and Eric and I can say we 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 can jump from universe to universe. <laughs> yeah, it's so yeah. We can leave the emotion behind and separate from it, and 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 that's a good thing and not so good thing at times, right? Right. I think the 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 thing that I have experienced is that you know I should have identified myself as one of the most forgiving people that there is, and. And part of it is because it's like to hold on to the the like all the information as to why I was upset with someone in the first place. It's just like it's just almost easier to just let it go and move on. Yeah, 
exactly. It's just, it, it is. And, but for us, it's a little bit of an out of sight, out of mind. That's the right. neurological aspect that just doesn't stay rooted in that detail. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as Jules saying, it's, it can be very confusing for someone who doesn't have it. And so a lot of times the explanation of like, okay, I know this doesn't seem like it bothered me and I moved on, but this is part of what happens for me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's keep listening. Invited me to play board games. Board games? Yeah. You should see Jessica's closet. The games are just stacked to the top, most of which I've never even heard of. Have you ever played Jumping Cliffs, the Armenian game of skill and daring? Uh, no, I've never heard of that one. You've got to try it. It's so much fun. It's insanely fast-paced, and I could barely keep up with Jessica and Jade. Well, that sounds perfect for people with ADHD. They don't have any trouble jumping from one thing to the next. It's usually a lot of fun. It really was. It was good for me to just let go and do something because I felt like it. Lately, I've been so caught up in running the complex that I stopped doing everything that I used to to decompress. I could actually learn a lot about that from Jessica. She has a pretty high-powered job, but still has no trouble shaking it off at the end of the day. Uh, How did you used to relax before managing the complex? Well, meditation and slacklining were my two main practices, and hanging out with Jessica made me want to get back into them. So, actually, the next morning... I went to Zilker Park with my slackline and saw Jessica doing the exact same thing. Okay, so stop for a minute. All righty. Uh, I think what's important, what's really important to note there, and this is, uh, it's almost like a further down the line develop after someone's diagnosed and educates and the family understands, is that there is an aspect within the ADHD spectrum of this letting go and having fun that really can be a resource, Eric, for everyone in the family, mm-hmm. because uh, family members certainly feel the distress and they start having symptoms because they're nervous and hypervigilant about mistakes or forgetfulness. But there is an aspect within ADHD from the spontaneity and the sense of playfulness that if resourced well and used can be an enormous resource. Well, it's something that I've, that I've uh, experienced so often with so many of the clients that I've worked with is um, in, in, couples and relationships where the non ADHD spouse would say like part of why they were attracted to their, their, uh, their partner mm-hmm. was yeah. because they're, they're fun, they're creative, they're the spontaneity. Yeah. But then it's like at some point during life that like they sort of lost the, the enjoyment of that because they're sort of having to be this like parentified spouse, which is, you know, never a, a healthy situation. Right. And right. so it's it sort of, People sometimes forget, uh, I think, the, the inherent value and strengths that so many of us with ADHD do have. Correct. And I think you can get to that once you begin to understand it. You set strategies right and you have communications about it. Um, but it's very difficult to get to when both sides are uh, completely stressed out from the diagnoses for different reasons. Uh, those are the storms I talk about, certainly, uh, in, in a lot of my passion around treatment. All right, so um, what I want to do really quickly is, uh, so my brain did not give me a clever segue into my break, so I'm just going to say we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we are going to be right back to listen to the rest of The Complex. This episode is brought to you by ADHD Rewired's Coaching and Accountability Group's alumni. I'm. My name is Kate. I am 
41 and I am a career analyst in coastal Maine. I joined this group because I felt stuck for a lot of years, especially professionally, and I knew I was capable of so much more. I knew I was in the right place during the registration interview when Eric said to me, we're going to get you outside of your box. And I was like, yes, that's exactly what I need. And that is truly what's happened in many ways. Um, since joining the group, I have absolutely been able to put systems into place that have made me feel far less stuck in my career. And I have actually, during the group, advanced in my career. So that was very exciting. One of the reasons I think that has happened is because I am so much better at planning now. I discovered I was always afraid of planning because if my plans changed, it just threw me off completely. So I just didn't plan. This has eliminated my fear of planning. You don't have to be afraid of your calendar anymore. Go to coachingrewired.com to learn more. Are you looking for a great way to feel connected to the ADHD community? Want to get your burning questions answered? You want this all for free? Then join me along with a host of the ADHD Essentials podcast, Brendan Mahan, every second Tuesday of the month at 10.30 a.m. Pacific Time, 1.30 Eastern for ADHD Rewired's live Q&A. You can ask your questions in the chat or talk to us directly on Zoom and get a chance to hear your voice on an upcoming podcast. Just make sure you're in a quiet location wearing headphones with a good internet connection. To register, go to ADHDrewired.com slash events. That's ADHDrewired.com slash events. And while you're there, sign up for my email newsletter to get reminders of our live Q&A. And for the next one, I'll even try to remind you the day before it happens. Unlike this past month where I sent it out the day after. Whoops. The website again is ADHDrewired.com slash events. We'll see you there. Support for ADHD Rewired comes from listeners like you who show their support over at patreon.com slash ADHD Rewired. At the time of this recording, we are only $9 away from hitting our first big goal, and that's to have a listener support pay for the post-production team of this podcast, which costs me on average about $450 a month. I can't thank you enough. I want to give a big thanks to Jane N., who is not only one of our newest patrons, Jane just pledged $50. So thank you so much, Jane. And I also want to thank Erica S. and Rich D., who also became patrons this week. Our next big goal is to replenish our coaching group scholarship fund. Every dollar and every patron counts. Support ADHD Rewired with a monthly pledge. Different amounts get you different perks. All patrons who support us at the $5 a month level will be invited to a live Zoom chat with me and fellow patrons on Tuesday, April 10th at 5 p.m. Central Time. Go to patreon.com slash ADHD Rewired to become a patron. Feel good supporting something you care about, something that you rely on, every week the website again is patreon.com slash adhd rewired patreon is p-a-t-r-e-o-n and thanks
All right, we are back, and we are here with the Choa Boys. Can I just call you guys that? Yeah, that works. <laughs> uh, <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is what I was called as a kid. You know, I don't. If you read pieces of my book, I, I grew up with seven brothers and or six brothers and one sister. There were seven boys and one girl. So we were known as the Choa Boys for a long time. <laughs> It's a very familiar term I'm, for me. I'm glad I'm now part of that cult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like a big family, right? Yeah. <laughs> wow, that. So, what what are what is Thanksgiving like in your family? Um, it, it generally runs with a minimum of like 22. Could it go as high as 39 or 40 people? Wow. Yeah. Um, and it's chaos for the most part. It's controlled chaos with an enormous amount of food and. Uh, loud voices. Let's just say that a lot of stimulus going on. A lot on. of stimulus going on. <laughs> oh my god! All right, so let's. Uh, I, I backed it up just a few seconds here, and we're let's keep listening. To Zilker Park with my slackline, and saw Jessica doing the exact same thing. Jules, <laughs> I didn't think you ever left the complex. <laughs> I get out occasionally. I didn't think anyone else did sunrise slackline. Especially when it's freezing outside. Yeah, it's cold, but I really need this. When I'm up here trying to balance, I stop yelling at myself to focus. It's almost like my ADHD goes away. Oh, okay, I didn't stop. Know you have ADHD. I re- I really like that description. It, it what it really resonated with me when uh, I, I I used to do a lot of uh, mountain biking, and that that yeah. that description of what you said it was that was uh, just related to so so much that when I'm doing these these trails that were kind of dangerous, and I was probably going a little bit faster than I probably even should be i was so focused and so yeah. clear and like all the chatter in my mind was just just gone it was just i was so present uh so i just thought that was a really uh a really um kind of apropos description of uh of that sort of intensity of sort of some some riskier kinds of uh, exercise and activity to really focus the adhd mind well, and I think that, that um, those kind of intense exercises certainly focus the mind, but it leads us toward these ideas of resources that the intensity on purpose, whether it's slacklining or uh, uh, mountain, mountain biking, or for myself, I would run the green belt in Austin uh, with roots and rocks. And if you don't pay attention, you're going to fall. So, um, but that also transfers into something Jill said earlier uh, as part of the podcast there. Uh, in that meditation is an enormous aspect of learning to kind of do that on purpose and mm-hmm. that sense of intensity, because you can get to those feeling states, uh, certainly with physical exercise, but you can also do it with mindfulness and meditation. And it's why it's so critical uh, as a component for um, uh, someone with ADHD long-term. Yeah. And I think something that's really important and we'll probably end up talking about in the afterthoughts of this episode is that with ADHD, I feel like people kind of get scared when somebody says meditation, because it, it's this idea that you have to sit down for 15 minutes and do nothing. And right. um, it's, it's not that, because once you actually get into it, there's, there's things that you need to be actively doing in order to stay in the meditation. And so something that I've really liked, actually, as someone without ADHD, and I've also seen a really, really good response of people with ADHD is James's idea of micro meditations, of just meditations that are a minute to five minutes long. Um, and that's really all you need. You just have this very concentrated, focused 
task that you're doing, whether it be uh, focusing on your breath for five minutes, smelling something for 30 seconds to a minute, mm -hmm. like just, you know, doing something. Um, and that seems to be something that's a lot more effective than this traditional connotation of meditation for uh, most people and especially people with ADHD. Yep. James, there's a, a great new book out by uh, uh, Dan Harris, the guy that wrote 10% Happier, uh, Meditation for Fidgety Skeptics. It's awesome. Oh, it's nice. awesome. Nice. And he has this. I have, yeah, I will definitely pick that up. He has this one meditation. So it's him and his, uh, one of his friends who is a meditation uh, teacher who actually has ADHD. And he talks about it. And, and it was funny because, you know, when they first uh, when they first brought up the issue of, of ADHD, they should refer to it as, as ADD. And I know that you kind of use them interchangeably. But for me, whenever I hear like someone use ADD, I'm like, okay, what, what are they going to do to to our our disorder that, you know, yeah. how, how are they going to bastardize it and, and have it, you know, <laughs> and they actually didn't. They, it was really good. And uh, one, one of the meditations that I really liked, and I use this uh, uh, for one of the meditations that I lead in my coaching groups is this meditation where you um, basically, so the, the idea of allowing whatever happens, happens, right? So it's making space. It's not trying to push things away. And so there's this meditation he calls welcome to the party. And so whatever intrusive thought, whatever, you know, limiting belief, whatever worry uh, or rumination comes up, so, oh, there's rumination. Welcome to the party. We're, we're focusing on breathing right now. Right. And it's, and I love that because it's, it's a real, just, it's kind of a playful way to, to right. sort of acknowledge that your brain's like in 10 different places. So you're inviting every, so it's about noticing, start paying attention and noticing. So it's, yeah, uh, yeah I, re I definitely recommend, uh, recommend the book. That's great. That's great. <laughs> All right. And um, that was the wrong, I was, I was using the mouse on the wrong keyboard or the wrong computer. Uh, <laughs> Almost like my ADHD goes away. Oh, I didn't know you have ADHD. You don't act like it. <laughs> right. That shows how well you know me. I'm a classic case. Check it out. My socks don't match. A lot of people's socks don't match. Yeah, but usually that's on purpose. Not with me, though. I'm surprised my shirt's not on inside out. But you always look so put together. Plus, aren't you a lawyer or something? Yeah, I'm a lawyer or something. Uh, the difference between me and most people, though, is I have 400 rabbits running around in my head, which honestly can be really handy and really irritating. We ended up talking for an hour and a half while we slacklined. We even got tacos afterward to continue the conversation. She told me about all the years she spent as a single mom trying to make partner at the law firm and scheduling around Jade's ADHD. She's been through a ton, but I loved how positive she stayed about it. Well, if both these women have ADHD, I'm sure they've had their fair share of emotional storms. Did you say emotional storm? I did. It's a term I developed to describe the inevitable blowouts that happen when people confront the challenges of living life with ADHD. It's a byproduct of what I call the emotional distress syndrome. Most of the people I see in my practice have had some kind of therapy for ADHD, but not for the emotional stress that comes with it. Wow, I've never heard of that. Yeah, because no one's talking about it much. When I talk about the emotional distress syndrome or the idea of emotional storms, people with ADHD just get it. They know exactly what I'm talking about because they're living it. Well, maybe that's what's happening with Jessica. Everything was going well until her daughter came for Thanksgiving break. 
complaining about Jessica's new apartment, the stairs, seemingly everything. Jessica worked like crazy to pay for all those duffel bags full of who knows what, and Jay doesn't give her any credit. Well, parenting someone with ADHD can take a lot out of you, especially when you're the only parent and you have ADHD yourself. You can end up running out of time for self-care. Maybe that's why it took her so long to get her own diagnosis. It's actually very common for a parent to be diagnosed after their children. Years later, sometimes. I'm guessing Jessica was driving on adrenaline and never noticed her own symptoms, which, by the way, may still persist. For instance, Jessica sold her house and moved into the complex. Yeah, and she moved into one of the coolest apartments. Right, but she didn't consider how her daughter might react. I'm not saying she can't make her own decisions about where to live, but people with ADHD can be impulsive. Yeah, that actually sounds exactly... (laughs) Okay. Man, I just, I, I, I hear the concepts. I love the way we're doing this, Eric, because it's like, you know, you early on, you, you, you get the relationship between Jules and, and Jessica, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Jessica. And you, um, and you can feel this attractiveness happening. You know, she's shiny. It's out cold. And he's like, yeah. we went to tacos. And I'm like, and that's how it starts, right? These relate. They're so, they're, it's so in, enamoring for someone else in that sense of spontaneity and you can just, I know folks, you know, you'll start to feel that early on relationship. And certainly I encourage couples to keep looking, you know, try to reset that mark. How do right. you find it? Right. It, right? It's still there. Um, but then it moves on into the parenting piece and the diagnosis piece for adults and not recognizing it and seeing it through their children, which is, uh, yeah, we could probably spend another four or five podcasts on that because it's such a disruptive element. Uh, in parenting and you get so much that's jumping around in that space uh, between parents and children for sure okay let's uh, let's keep it going here we like what's happening at the complex is that the end of the episode yeah that's the end yeah all right hey all right so that was that was kind of fun. Yeah, it was a blast. <laughs> yeah. All right. So now I, I am curious. Do uh do in, in later episodes, and I'm sure you're not going to tell me, but do you do you guys huh. hook up? I will. I will leave that to me <laughs> to, to the to the listeners to find out. Um, but but you know there there is obviously something that kind of goes between Jessica and Jules in the complex because um, it it's we needed to illustrate that part of ADHD you know because it is such a huge part of uh, what people deal with in everyday life um, and it's also a very good way to illustrate how to make these ideas and strategies James talks about practical um, and it's it takes it out of this kind of theoretical, like cloud form and and brings it down to real life and and yep. makes it such that you can actually like see improvements from it, which is kind of a weird novel thing. To like. Well, and you want to, and so that that's part of what we wrote the uh, the complex for Eric is to be able to, to see things through. So clearly, from a relational point of view, you're feeling that relationship spark up, um, and you'll see more sparks. I'll just say that in different ways kind of going forward yeah. uh, because that's, that, that's what happens on the ADHD spectrum. 
But, you know, when you look at this episode, right, and, and you have parenting issues, you have adult ADD issues, you have a child who's a young adult who's starting to have their own issues, you have moms who are, you know, trying to do life transitions and, you know, jump from one place to the other without really looking at how it's going to affect. And I think we don't really pay enough uh, credence to the degree of disruption in families, particularly regarding life transitions, whether it's the children growing up, going to college, or the parents beginning to hit midlife and the shifts happening for them. And it just gets thrown into a disruptive effort again. And again, another layer of emotional stress in different ways if you're not aware of it, uh, because ADHD exacerbates those transitions. You know, one of the things that struck me, it was sort of this this, like small uh, comment in, in the uh, in the text there was um, when you had said to her, um, "Aren't you like a high power lawyer or something?" And yeah. her response was, "Or something." That to me uh, really exemplified so much of what yeah. I see in my coaching groups, and yeah. and the way I describe this is that you know the people who join my my groups are by all measures really successful people. Yeah. And one of the the really powerful things that happens in a group setting is as people are sort of hearing about the the successes that they've had, but how they don't feel like a success, they feel like a fraud. And I thought that that those two little lines there, right there, really show that in a very powerful way, in a very real way that, you know, I've had people who have had multiple PhDs and like, they feel like failures and it's like, yeah, wow, yeah. you know, I mean that yeah. to, to carry that, to, to, to hold that it's, it's how we can, can in one light be very successful and another light feeling like we're just waiting for the, the, you know, the next shoe to drop in cause it's all going to come crumbling down. Well, and the, and you bring up a really important point that even in the production and the writing of these episodes, uh, so Robin Shotsenoff, uh, who is my uh, writing coach and editor, who wrote these with Jules, having her own ADHD, she certainly knows those experiences and was very deliberate. And her and Jules were yeah. very deliberate about putting those phrase, those phrases in there because they have such impact. Eric, and you and I know working with clients for years, and, and they can be enormously successful or even well uh, honed in their own attention issues. And then there's these automatic statements of things like, well maybe sort of i'm not really you can feel that self-esteem yeah. leak and it's just so painful to hear but those are the things we root out right to help folks understand the emotional mental effect of this and how from a lifetime point of view it's so critical to continue to address it from a mental health point of view of meditation or exercise or consistently kind of developing that relationship with yourself because it shows up in these little bitty ways that we wouldn't have even predicted so how did uh um how did you and Jules uh uh navigate any of you maybe your own emotional storms that came up during this this process? Because I think creating a, a, something like this, bringing it from idea to uh, completion, there's I I guess <laughs> let me let me speak to that yeah. first because I think there's something that maybe I've said this to Jules, maybe I haven't, right? On, on the process for me, so I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an expert in ADHD, I'm a professional counselor, I'm a father, now I'm the executive producer of this podcast, and my son is a contract employee who's doing this for me, mm-hmm. and the swirl of those relational aspects, <laughs> uh, the thing that was challenging for me 
was continuing to hold my voice about what was important for this or to give Jules feedback about certain things that I wanted to see different uh, because I would feel this emotional swirl of the real ADHD disruption in our lives in different ways. But now I got to kind of speak to something professionally. And so that was getting that, that personal thing was getting triggered while I was having to have a professional discussion. And it's even occurring to some degree at this point yeah. and, and Jules and I are better at managing it. But uh, I will say him not having ADHD creates a, a, a less emotionally reactive space. Hmm. So he's more even keel in response to me that doesn't tend to set me off. And he's not a spouse, right? So he's not married yeah. to me and he's more objective as a son. And it's actually, it's a really fine, it's a really neat balance because he's, he's just able to kind of neutralize things easier for me. And I don't know that I would have predicted that. Jules, what was the hardest thing about maybe playing that role? Or did you view that as playing a role or is that more of just what you do? Um, like as far as playing the role of, of the manager of the complex or playing the role of like his son <laughs> while writing the podcast and doing all this. The, the, the latter. The, the, the latter. <laughs> um, I mean, well, to kind of speak to all of it, I guess, I, I never really had a ton of difficulty with it, mainly because I've had a, my entire life has been this experience. <laughs> You know, I, I mean, and I, that, that James, James, how, how does that feel hearing that? Yeah. I mean, it's been through this before. Right. Well, you know, it's, there's something to be said about it, about experience around these kinds of situations. And so, you know, when I, I, and I think this is important for anybody that's around ADHD that doesn't have it themselves. It's very important to understand when the other, when the ADHD -er is getting into a tailspin and it's very important to be able to control your own emotions and reactions such that you don't tailspin them further. Mm -hmm. And that's what I found myself doing a lot when, um, James would have these kinds of crises is I, I just found myself coming to him and wanting to wanting him to tell me, uh, what he's feeling and wanting him to, you know, open up about what he wants changed and just being open to that and just trying to, to entertain the idea that, you know, maybe I'm not right. Like, you know, there's, there's definitely validity to the other person's experience. And um, that's something that really needs to be maintained in these relationships between ADHDers and non ADHDers is that it needs to go back and forth of, of, understanding that the other person could be right. Cause you know, like, like we were kind of saying before it gets into that kind of parental role of like the person who doesn't have ADHD thinks that they need to take care of the person with ADHD right. and like micromanage all these things and like all, the, and then all of a sudden that person has no credibility. You know, the person with ADHD has no credibility and that is not okay. And that will always be detrimental to a relationship. So you know, I just really came at it from an open perspective as much as I possibly could and uh, tried to understand that he, you know, was as much a part of this as I was. And uh, that that combination of voices would make it even better than um, what I thought it should be. 
So, so I do have to ask you, was there an editorial decision made when you're doing uh, podcast interviews that you don't call your dad, dad, refer to him by James, or is this, uh... um, you know, well, <laughs> yes, it's kind of, it's kind of my own, I guess, regulation. I, I want to not separate the two, but like, you know, I, I want it to be as professional as possible when it's in this kind of setting. I, I also kind of want to define my own thing out of this, okay. you know, and not necessarily have it be like this is because like I, I'm positive that this is not going to be my only podcast, you know? Um, and so, yeah. And so like, I'm, I don't know. I, I kind of go back and forth I've, between. I, and I will say, I've, I've asked him several times, come into my practice with me. I can make you a case. Like, no dad, hang on. I've got my own yeah. life here. I'm not, you know, I, but you know, Eric, I want to speak to something that is a really near and dear to my heart regarding as a clinician, but also as a father and someone, an adult who has ADHD is that, you know, I have a, a, a perspective in parenting that I say, my, our children are our greatest teachers. Okay. Most parents don't open up to the lessons. They don't know they're in school. They don't sign up. And a lot of that has to do with respect and relationship with each other and allowing the children to hold a voice. And in this case, a very uh, professional stature of, uh, of producing a product. And the, the fact is that um, a little known fact about our family, we used to, we, we've had family meetings for years mm -hmm. and we started these as children and spun something. My wife, Edie, is just an incredible uh, parent and has really championed a lot of our functional living uh, in parenting. Mm -hmm. And um, she, uh, uh, but we have these notes, we have these journals from years ago in our family meetings and they're just hilarious to look at because they're full of ADHD issues of like, dad won't be impulsive. Dad won't interrupt people at the dinner table. <laughs> And it's just <laughs> funny to look back at they're 20 years old now. And because but, it's still happening. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm looking for. <laughs> and, so, and tell us more about that, please. Yeah, yes. <laughs> and so I just, you know, Jules is the greatest teacher in so many ways for me. It's been really beneficial. Um, and it, it's a very rich relationship. And he will go on certainly to have his own careers. And I was just, this was 15 months ago that the inception of this idea started on a road trip um, in driving his car down from college from Boston back to Austin. And it was a whim. It was an idea I had. He had done a podcast in college and I said, hey, how about this? And he's like, sure, I think I could do that. And But it clearly doesn't have, I mean, from an ADD point of view, it's like it was not, not a sense of flawless, but the completion was very deliberate. It was very linear and very produced and very organized. And I really can't say enough about, um, you know, how much he did that in a way that just really surprised me about his age at 22. It's just like amazing. Well, and, you know, I mean, I, I can't say enough about the kind of parenting stuff. I know, I know this is getting like really ushy gushy, but let's like, bring it, let's bring it, bring in the most. Like, I, I can't, I honestly, <laughs> the, the fact that, I was able to do this with my father in in a successful manner. Jules, why don't you look? Why don't you look at your dad and tell him this? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> like just look into his eyes. Look. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> no, the the fact that like I even had the space to build this and to work kind of on my own with my father's consultation that is, but like kind of an inception of his own thing. Um, it, it's just really incredible and says a lot to their 
parenting and how how good they have been with helping their kids grow and helping uh, their kids get to a place that um, they can be successful, but but also like giving them the the time of day to uh, to show their own strengths, you know, and to be able to just I don't know grow themselves and and not be squashed by, by <laughs> what y'all want us to do or something like that. Yeah, allowing your independence. And I and I yeah. want to joke this is I didn't pay him to say this, right? Yeah. You know, this is a real relationship, Eric, and it's a and it's a meaningful one. And um and I will say that if you look at the resilience of adults with ADD, okay, um I I was in a significant emotional storm this morning for communication reasons of my challenges in relationship with 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 Edie, uh, that had to do with me and, but I manage those and here I am and I'm in strong relationship with Jules and, and an impulsive response of, or not impulsive, but in a spontaneous idea about this podcast idea, uh, 15 months ago, the resiliency of attention issues and having ADHD and living with it, this is the kind of thing it can create, but it's a model for what we're really looking for, right? You're in the in the same space I am. There's so many of us professionals in dealing with it personally mm-hmm. that we don't want to lose sight that we're, you know, there's an example here going on. It's not a simple process, but it's one that can be managed powerfully. And, uh, and yeah, I'm thrilled to have Jules here with me. It's just, it's a dream come true for That's, sure. It's been a lot of fun. I, I can only imagine. And for, uh, it would be uh, amazing to be able to, you know, in, in 15 years when, when my son is your age to, to, you know, hopefully he'll say half of the nice things that you've said about, uh, about your dad. <laughs> and uh, no, I mean, it's, it's James, I know that you're doing some really, really incredible yeah. work. And, uh, yeah. you know, I've, I've, uh, I've worked with a, a number of, of um, uh, people that you have worked with personally in your office, and they have said yeah. very wonderful things about Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, um, you're, good. you're doing good work there and you got a good kid there. And, yeah. It's uh, a lot of fun. And I, and you know, Eric, uh, your podcast, how many years have you had this going now? It'll be, uh, four years in, wow. in like March. Yeah. Wow. wow. And you think about the number of people you've reached and it's just, mm-hmm. it, it's the support. This is what it is. Yeah. It's these grassroots efforts of real information and real strategies that is still turning the tide so that this is that this isn't such a deficit and it's not a knee jerk reaction uh, that it's taken seriously, but it's understood that you can manage it and live with it powerfully for sure. Yeah. And you know, it's even today when I, when I talk about uh, sort of my, my mission of what I'm doing, it's, it's to, uh, you know, help further people's understanding of ADHD yeah, yeah. so they can feel understood Good. And, and yeah. even now, okay, I still get choked up when I talk about that because it's so important because yeah. I went through so much yeah. of my life not being understood. Right. Yeah. Right. But it has to start with understanding, right. right? You have to be, you have to help someone understand what's going on. And, but then, yeah, the follow-up of the understood, it's an emotional space here because it's a, that's the validation that, uh, the levels the playing field on the emotional distress. It, it levels it out into more of a, a settled kind of space for a while. And boy, do we need that. Oh yeah. my God. Well, and I, I mean, for, for me to think that people have gone through life 
being constantly corrected, not validated, being constantly like told they're wrong and messing things up and not knowing why and not knowing how and not knowing a way to get out of it or change it, even though they might want to like for all of their life, that is, that hurts on a level that I can't actually explain. And I am awestruck that I'm awestruck at the resilience and, and power that it takes to actually go through something like that, because I have no clue what that could possibly be. Well, I think your, your understanding and empathy about that is, is pretty spot on. Cause uh, just you hearing you describe that um, was getting, getting me a little uh, choked up because you nailed it. It's, and, and yeah, I think it was said incredibly well, right, Eric? And it just, um, and I think it's interesting that my son, I, I took on this diagnosis in 1989 without really knowing what I was doing. Um, and here's my son reaching now professionally toward his counseling. Uh, and he's going to go work with things as equally or more difficult <laughs> in schizophrenia and uh, forward, all these other things. I think but you I will not think- ever be bored. Yeah. Well, he won't, and I can't think of a better person. I'm telling you, the package he has coming with him is just is phenomenal, and I'm really, I'm, really, I'm excited for it. Well, as, uh, as someone who is uh, clearly very fond of the of podcasting as a, an art form, as a, as a a way to express ideas, uh, it's the complex is a great addition to the podcasting space. Right. So Thank you. Yeah. I want to congratulate both of you on uh, you. on this project, and I want to encourage all all listeners to, to go to iTunes, wherever you get your, uh, your podcast, subscribe to the complex. Um, where else could they find out more about what, what you guys are doing? Um, you can do iTunes. Uh, it's hosted on Podbean. Um, it's Google play stitcher, all the, all the big directories, uh, you can get it. Uh, it'll be on Spotify soon in a couple weeks. Um, so be watching for that if you get most of your stuff and, on Spotify. And certainly you can come to my website at jamesochoa.com. Yeah. James, uh, yeah, jamesochoa.com. And you can download it there. There's a link on the front page of the podcast that will take you directly to it. Yeah. Awesome. So we will uh, we'll put links to all of that in the show notes. Great. And um, James and Jules, thank you so much. This was, this was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Thank thanks, you, Eric. Eric. It was a lot yeah. of fun. I really appreciate it. Well, when you guys produce season two, I'll have you back on. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've heard this twice, and I'm like, okay, we need some philanthropic efforts here. I worked hard last year. <laughs> Executive producer means I got to, I got to come up with money for this. But it was so much fun. I would never have done it any other way. Yeah. All right. Well, check out the podcast at the Complex wherever you are listening to this podcast. There's a good possibility that the Complex is just a search far away. So thanks Great. so much. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, Eric. This is Eric Tivers. Thank you for listening and congratulations for making it to the end. ADHD Rewired is more than just a podcast. We are a community focused on learning, growing, and connection. The website is ADHDrewired.com. You can find summaries and additional resources for each episode. Learn more about the ADHD Rewired Coaching and Accountability Group and sign up for my email newsletter to get exclusive content that you won't get anywhere else. It's all at ADHDrewired.com. 
Support ADHD Rewired and help replenish our coaching group scholarship fund by becoming a monthly patron at patreon.com slash ADHD Rewired. Different levels of support get different perks. You can give just a buck or three or five bucks a month or more. Every little bit helps. And it's an awesome way for you to let me know that you value this show the community, and everything else we do. That's patreon.com slash ADHD Rewired. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Tivers. Subscribe to ADHD Rewired on YouTube to see select interviews and other videos I've made. The ADHD Rewired community is now a secret group on Facebook, so that's one less reason to not just be a passive listener, but to be an active member of our community. Fill out our short screening form at our website, ADHDrewired.com. We screen everyone before they join. Podcasts change lives. You can make a difference in someone's life by spreading the word about this podcast. Mention it in your online communities or on Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, Quora, or wherever you hang out online. And be sure to share it with your friends, your family, your clients, as well as your coaches, therapists, and doctors. If you're a member of Chad or any other ADHD support group, be sure to tell them about this podcast. You can even show them how to download it on their phone or even do it for them. And if you really love this episode, please hit share on your podcast player. I'm only one person and I count on you to help me spread the message. One of the biggest things you really can do to support this podcast and to help other people discover it is to leave an honest rating and review on the Apple Podcast app or on Stitcher or any other podcast app that supports and accepts ratings and reviews. Looking for more ways to listen and learn? Get a free audiobook and a 30-day free trial at Audible by going to audibletrial.com slash ADHD Rewired. Need some ideas on where to start other than Brene Brown's Gifts of Imperfection, Daring Greatly, Rising Strong, or her six-hour recorded workshop, The Power of Vulnerability? Then I would recommend The One Thing by Gary Keeler. Oh, and if you by any chance know Brene Brown, please let her know how grateful I am for all of her work and what she means to me and the ADHD community, and that she's welcome on my show anytime. And in the one in like 7 billion chance that Brene, you're listening, please come and be a guest. Thanks. This is Eric Tivers reminding you, keep learning, keep growing, and keep connecting. And no matter how hard it all feels, Remember, we can do hard things. Until next time.